Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corbin Hill. And uh, we're not doing stats quite so today because most sports are happening still. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about why that is for some, i.e. mostly baseball, and um, what the we think sports might look like. Um, we talked a little bit on this when all of this first happened, but we've now been living in the COVID world for, uh, what, two and a half going on three months? Maybe three now? I have no uh, idea. Time has no meaning anymore. I think, I think it's three full months because I'm pretty sure I got sent home from my office March 17th sticks out in my head. And it is June 21st. So it's got to be three months. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's just how long the U.S. has been dealing with it. But anyway, uh, so Corwin, shall we discuss some of these matters? We shall discuss them now. So one of the l- l- let's start with 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 baseball, because they refuse to to be willing to. Di- so so the, the players don't want to get fucked. And the owners really want to fuck the players. And it's, that's basically what's happening, right? Yeah. Like, it is truly shocking by how little the owners are willing to have any compromise whatsoever just to have the sport for this year. I, it's shocking to me. It, it, yeah. My... My, so I was just talking to my dad about this today. Happy Father's Day, everybody. We're recording this on Father's Day. Uh, and talking about this, talking about this with my dad is always an interesting minefield. Um, he, 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 he brings up one good point in which he, he said that there's a solid chance the owners don't give a fuck if baseball happens this year because they might have insurance that would cover uh, any losses should there should fewer than 81 games be played which based on how little the owners seem to give a shit and how none of their proposals have sniffed anywhere near 81 games might make sense but at the same time that feels so incredibly short-sighted by what you would imagine would be a group of businessmen who must know that sometimes short-term losses are better um, for long-term gains than short-term gains are for long-term gains so it i i can understand that to an extent but at the same time it doesn't feel like it covers enough ground to really be a respectable opinion yeah you know one of those things where it's like first of all like it's a possibility to have that kind of insurance or have that policy in their insurance plan um but that seems like such a ridiculous scenario well It'd have to be a pretty broad umbrella for that to like cover what's going on right now because this is such a, uh, like I could easily see the insurance company claiming this is an act of God and that wouldn't be covered. And obviously, we don't know how much the MLB plays pays for their insurance, which is probably a just incredibly shocking amount of money in and of itself. Um, but it's. it's like them not realizing how not having a season in 2020 would affect how many people watch it in 2021 and in the near future is crazy to me. I mean, if basketball comes back this summer, 
if hockey comes back in the fall, if football comes back in the fall, and we don't have baseball until next April, like, come on. Like, do they not see, like, how many people will literally just forget about it because it's not part of their active life and, you know, part of the news cycle? You know, like, diehard fans are still going to watch baseball, sure. But that's pretty much, you know, all you got left. Like, it, there's not a whole lot of casual baseball fans anymore just because the sport is definitely on the decline, you know, popularity-wise. And I just – I don't see how they're going to be able to keep up with, you know, great numbers when all these other sports are going to be back long before them. Do you know what the – this is one of the most you know, wild things uh, I, I've seen about baseball demographics. Do you know what the average age of a baseball fan is in America? Isn't it like in the 40s or something? 57. That's disgustingly high. 57. That's like, nuts. Sure, like you might say, oh, like the the median or the mean, not the uh, mean, but like, you know, like, oh, the middle age is like 57 because there's a lot of old dudes that like it, whatever. But like the way averages work, like 57, there's not a whole lot above that. Or what am I trying to say? Uh, what I'm trying to say is like there's so few young people watching it to keep that keeping that so high. Oh God, this is just an embarrassment of a sentence trying to piece together. I know what you're getting at. Yeah, like it's uh, words, man. It's been a long day. Like the like it's especially with the with the 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 age demographic that's being hit hard by hit, being hit hardest by covid it, it, this is not a good position for the mlb to be in um especially because the mlb has dug itself into such a bizarre hole and we've talked about this before as well um if you want to stream an mlb game they have made it as hard as possible for you to do that mm-hmm. if you want to stream an nfl game it's so fucking easy and even if you don't like, like I can you can watch on any given Sunday. You can open up the NFL app, which I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the world's greatest app. But you can open up the app and you can pick any fucking game, and they're all there. They're all there. And and if you're technologically savvy enough, which really in this day and age it's not even that technologically savvy, you can put that shit on your TV from your phone. Wouldn't even be that hard. And no. I, I. I I if 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 the if baseball magically started up tomorrow, like regular season magically started tomorrow, I literally don't know how I would watch Yankees games because they're no longer partnered with Fox Sports, so it's not on the Fox Sports app. Yes, Network doesn't have their own app, and um, and there, there's no streaming service for for cable for cable cutters like myself who want would want to watch the Yankees. That's legal, and that's in, that's insane. It's the Yankees, and uh, they just they just don't give a shit. It's it's astonishing, and so that that's already not appealing to the younger young, younger audience. But also, the, the sense of not just justice, but also like monetary justice that we've seen from the younger crowd, really has is putting the MLB at odds with appealing to younger people because I, I you know I always thought Corwin that our generation w- w- was was pretty. Um, you know, fight the man, get that money, all that shit. But I mean, Gen Z is right fucking there too, and 
you know what doesn't appeal to people with morals? You fucking with their morals. And, you know, if you have diehard baseball fans like me, like I'm as much as I'm bitching and moaning and whining, I'm going to watch, you know, I'm going to find a, a, a way to watch that might not generate as much revenue for owners, but I'm still going to find a way to watch. You're not going to get these guys. You're not, you're not, you're not going to get, if someone really cares about not about, about a sense of, of, of again, just justice of, of the correct thing happening. In, in the society, they're not going to give us sh- two shits about your goddamn game if you act like this. Do you know that the owners are trying to to issue out contracts to the 2020 draftees telling them that their service starts in 2021 and they're not counting 2020 towards their service time because they don't think enough games will be played? Like, it's insane what they're doing. I absolutely didn't realize that at all. And like, the thought didn't cross my mind about how service time is going to be manipulated because of this, and that is disgusting. Yeah. You know they're going to take advantage of that to the fullest extent. Oh, absolutely. And if you, and you, you know, you might be there like sitting like, oh, well, um, you don't have to sign the contract. You kind of do. Because yeah, you, you have, have you have three years, I think, before um, before the contract offer expires. And in which you're not allowed to to go get another offer from another team unless you get released, it's it's not good. Oh wow, this is crazy! Hold on, real real, real quick. So the average age of an MLB fan uh, as of twenty sixteen is fifty seven. Um, average age of an NFL fan, would you like to guess? Uh, thirty four. So n- none of these are going to go as low as thirty. Okay. Uh, just just to put it in perspective, um, it is fifty. And so far, all of these are up. So in uh, 2000, baseball's average fan, MLB's average fan was 52 years old. Um, NFL's was 44, so it went up to 50, um, slightly outpacing MLB's age. The average age of the NHL fan, any guesses? 45. 49? Which is, I, I wouldn't expect them to, to be hitting an eight-year, on average, younger demographic than the MLB. Really goes to show how poor of a job the MLB is doing to attract younger voters, younger younger voters, uh, younger viewers. When the NHL is doing it, um, NBA average fan age. Oh, that's got to be young. Uh, I'll go forty-two again. Forty-two is correct. Yes. Yeah, uh, the youngest is actually MLS with 40, which, I mean, that seems to make sense. ML- Soccer is a huge sport um, throughout the world, so I, I'm not surprised that, you know, you, you have a younger audience there with just, just the volume of people who like MLS or like so, soccer. It's so new in comparison that you're not going to have, like, the old guard bringing that average up. Exactly, exactly. There, there's, no, there's no stalwart 70-year-old fans of the of the uh, the New York Red Bulls, you know, who were there when when New York Red Bulls Arena was built, <laughs> like, you know, who have childhood memories of New York Red Bulls Arena, like it, it, it yeah, it doesn't exist. Um, but like the NBA, the average NBA fan, average again, and considering the volume of people we're talking about here, the average fan is fifteen years younger than the average MLB fan. That's huge. As much as I don't want baseball to suffer and I don't want the players, excuse me, specifically to suffer, I want 
the organization of MLB to suffer as much as possible just in the hopes they learn their fucking lesson. What do you think that lesson is? It it's a fan based game and you guys can't be greedy assholes and you know, the way they treat minor league players, the way they treat young players, you know, like that shit's unacceptable. They are the reason why you are making money. They are your labor force through and through. Treat them like people that, you know, deserve the market wage. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's, I mean, oh, Jesus Christ, Corbin, I'm not doing so hot tonight. <laughs> Look who you're talking to. Let's, Come on. I, I know. <laughs> if you are listening to the show and expected anything differently, I do not know what to tell you. Uh, so, over from last week's four hour episode. Oh my God. I, I've never recovered. Yeah, I, I'm still living and breathing that spreadsheet. <laughs> but moving forward. So, point being, there's a lot of pre-existing dilemmas that the MLB has had to face in terms of, like we've been saying, average age of viewership um, and, uh, you know, TV viewership, all, all, all these very rudimentary, basic aspects of growing a sport. They're clearly floundering it. And now you have now you have this, a very public, very public negotiation between sides, in large part because the MLB owners were so convinced that people would agree with them that they made a lot of this public and have truly fucked themselves in the public eye because they've been wrong. It is shocking how poorly they've managed this. I know like that is far and away something we've known from the beginning, but like if you mismanage something at the start, realize how people are reacting to it and adjust. Okay, you've fixed your mistake, you learned your lesson, fine. But to stand tall and stand firm and just be like, nah, we are not budging an inch, even though everyone is being very vocal about how like they're the ones fucking this up. It's just it's maddening. And I, I, I'm not going to entertain the millionaires versus billionaires argument because it's, it's just fucking stupid. It doesn't the, the scale of what's happening with, with the people doesn't make it any less wrong or right. Um, but I want to, I want to address a few points that my father brought up today because they seem like the type of thing that you would hear from somebody my father's age. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so the first, the first thing he said was, well, what about the this? Uh, let me, let me lay out it to you as best as I can from what he said. So if you assume that uh, Gerrit Cole, uh, for example, I don't know, pick a player, doesn't matter, makes X percent of the Yankees' revenue per game, right? You know, the Yankees bring in X amount of dollars and Gerrit Cole's prorated salary, you know, salary per game is X amount of those those dollars. Uh, he's like, what if the what if all the owners are trying to do is to try to to assume a certain amount of loss uh, of revenue? And then just adjust all their players' salaries accordingly, so that's the same percent of revenue per game. So basically, uh, prorate literally everything, every amount of revenue, expense, uh, and expense w- 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 in regards to salary, and then just maintain those prorated levels, not of per game, but as a percent of revenue per game. And <laughs> I hated this. I hated this so much. 
Because I looked at him and I said, you know why? That's dumb. Yeah. And and I, I said, because not once has the team ever given players more money when revenue's been through the goddamn roof. <laughs> and more than that, but if we take the, the a fan attendance as a serious consideration, the Miami Marlins gave Giancarlo Stanton the largest contract in sports history when they had nobody coming to their games. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Like, the big thing for about that is why, like, that's going to end up being so complicated that I just assume that the league is going to go super far out of their way to make sure they fuck over the players. Well, and, and so that don't trust them to follow through with anything that they actually agree to do. Of course not. And that brought up my second point, which is, and if they want to do that, you know what the owner is going to have to do? Open up their books to prove that what they're saying is correct, which they obviously will not do. Because if you're going to say that, you know, like we're making X amount of dollars in revenue, you have to prove that to the players for them to believe you. They're not just going to blindly agree with you. Like, and the owners have shown already that they refuse to open their books. So that shit ain't going to fucking happen. Nope. So close. It's kind of unrelated to the financial stuff of it, but I was, I was also talking to my dad about how, so, you know, um, you know, like a lot of, um, Baseball teams have had to shut down their facilities in, yeah. uh, in their spring training facilities in Florida uh-huh. because Florida is is the wild fucking West uh, where COVID reigns supreme. Um, I was talking to my dad about that, and he was like, "That's such bullshit." <laughs> he was like, of he did. "Huh?" Because of course he did. Yep, yep. If you know, you know Jerry. This is him. Uh, yeah, he was saying like, wasn't the whole point of social distancing to flatten the curve? Well, we did that. Now hospitals won't be overwhelmed. He was like, why don't all? He he said he equated it to back in like when he was a, a kid about how all the the parents in in neighborhoods would have chicken pox parties, where when one of the kids got chicken pox, all the parents would just bring over the kids who hadn't gotten chicken pox to give them all chicken pox. So that they could all get the antibodies and then not have to worry about chickenpox anymore. And I looked at him and I was like, "So yeah, first off, it's an insane point. <laughs> it's an it's an insane argument." So he was basically saying, "Why don't you?" He said, "It would be an it would be advantageous to a team." Not even kidding. He said it would be advantageous to a team to get all of them together, give them coronavirus, and then you wouldn't have to worry about it for the rest of the season. And and. And there was so much to address, it hurt. Mm-hmm. So I looked at him and I said, could you, I said, dad, could you imagine the entire team that is the Philadelphia Phillies getting coronavirus and having, being incapable of practicing and training for two to four entire weeks at least? You know that they'd have to forfeit all of their games. If it was spring training, they'd be pushed back in terms of like doing the spring training. It again, two to four weeks, which means the season would be held up because you can't just have an entire team forfeit all of their games for two to four weeks, especially with a shortened season. And also, what if they give it to other people? <laughs> it's it's a major problem. You can't just force an illness upon people because it might be it might be more convenient for you down the road. And not only that shit, but at the very best. 
you lose a month of effective practice with no ill effects. There's no way that happens. There's no way every player ends up being asymptomatic. There's no way no players don't have serious medical issues with this to some degree. I mean, people are dying of this stuff. And in like, I know. You infect an entire team. If you infect an entire league, you think every single one of them is going to be okay, just because yeah. Von Miller and you know Zeke Elliott got through it fine. Von Miller thought he was going to die. Von Miller is one of the most in shape people in like he is in the top point one percent of athletic performance in this country. If he thinks he's going to die, what happens to fucking you know Williams Astudio? You think he's going to be totally fine with the respiratory illness that could kill him? I know. Like, and like, how many players do you think have uh, diabetes or have like some type of other illness, uh, asthma, some type of autoimmune disorder? Like, even if it's mild, even if it's some some weird, rare, small, minor thing, we don't know. And that's the other thing I was telling my dad, like, because he said the same thing about football when I told him that that Zeke got coronavirus. He was like, ah. It'll be advantageous. Like, get all the Cowboys together, give them all coronavirus. <laughs> and I was like... I mean, I agree, I was, but for different reasons. I said the same thing. <laughs> um, but I was telling them, like, it's, this is a respiratory illness. Like, we don't know what the effects look like one year out. You know? Like, really, we don't know what the effects look like, like, really six months out for most Americans. Like, we've only had it in the U.S. Well, we've had it in the U.S. since, like, December, but that's a different story. Um I was telling like like what what if these players' lives get put at risk or their or their careers at, at at the very least because we've given them a respiratory illness and we don't know how it's going to affect them going forward. Like you can't just do do that. Like I was floored by it. But but hey, he has a sixty six year old woman working for him that is totally fine after she had it. So we're all good. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh. And the th- the thing about it is because uh, there's there, there's it all right. So the whole flattening of the curve thing was in large part yes to keep hospitals from getting overwhelmed, but also to keep the spread of the disease from you know killing a lot of people because it has the power to do that. And that's one of the things that is going to make sports very interesting because. So restaurants never really closed, you know. They they've just transitioned from dining to strict takeout, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is fine. Sitting in a restaurant is nice; it's a good way to get out. But it's not like you need it to enjoy the food. You know, there's an ambiance that's usually built into the cost of of your meal, because um, you know whether it comes down to interior design being a, a, a cost that needed to be put into your meal or furniture fucking whatever it doesn't matter and you know sports is is kind of similar you know you you can take out with sports you can watch it on your tv you don't have to be there it's nice you're out it has a completely different feeling you know people always say like baseball is a better sport live you know um i think basketball is a great sport live even though i'm not a huge fan of it on tv it's be be I'll rephrase being at any sporting event is better than seeing it on TV for the most part and looking at you December football in the northeast um yeah I was I was going to say like I would throw some football arguments around just because 
Shit can get bad quick. Oh, very fast. The amount of socks you need to wear is very large. I have a big. I have a set of shoes that are too big for me that I've never gotten rid of because those are my going to football game shoes. Um. Anyway, and like I, I think we talked about this before too, but like, you know, I, I've heard people well, well before all this went down talking about how like you know one day going to sporting events might be the same as going to the live taping of a TV show where they just like. If let you apply for tickets and then just let you kind of go because the the revenue might not be uh, really worth it and it might just be there to, to fill sound like like people desperately pretending to laugh at Jimmy Fallon jokes. <laughs> so because because if, I I understand you know you can probably sell fewer tickets to, to and 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 sell very specific tickets to maintain social distancing, but. How long do you think it's going to take? Like Korea, they don't—they still don't have fans in the stadium. Korea's been handling handling this all masterfully, and they still don't have fans in the stadium. Like, what do you think we're going to be looking at in terms of going to sporting events in even within six months? You know, it's one of those things where, like, the more we think about it, and like we think about like what we would do in this situation, and what we think is best. You know, first off none of us have the medical expertise to really speak on this. Uh, I would say we shouldn't have fans in the stadium this season. It's just not worth the risk. The risk is, you know, if you have, let's say half capacity at Beaver stadium at Penn state, that's still 55,000 people. If, you know, there's a big enough outbreak where, you know, let's say, half of those people catch it because they are so intertwined with so many other people. And, you know, that's how diseases spread. That's 25,000 people getting the disease and passing it off to friends and family back home. That is like, that would be such a cataclysmic event for, you know, that happening all over the country. It's just not worth that risk of having that second wave occur this fall. But then we look at how things are actually going and things are opening up already. And, you know, the numbers of, you know, positive tests and the number of people still being hospitalized is jumping up quite rapidly now. And it's not really affecting the way we're opening up the rest of the country. So if you ask what I would do, I would say no fans. If you ask what I think is going to happen, I think we're going to be looking at like 50% capacity stadiums and things like that, where there's going to be a significant amount of fans in the stands this fall. Um, just because money fucking runs the country and ticket sales are definitely a big part of that for these teams and these leagues. It's so tough to judge because. So right now, like what? Let, let's just speak on New Jersey because this is where we both live. What? What's the? Um, what's the maximum amount of people you're allowed to have in gatherings now? Is it? Is it twenty five? I think so. Yeah. Can you? Could you imagine I know at restaurants? World, you can't have more than like eight people at a table. I, I'll believe it. Um, uh, sh- sure. Uh, you would know better than me. Um, could you? Could you imagine? Seven seven months out. Late September, or sorry, not seven months. Um, three. Wow, three months out. Late September, football season is going. Having twenty five go all the way up to 
um, 90,000 for MetLife. Like, uh, no. no, you know, no. You, I just can't. You, like, I can't, not, not even for, for the NFL owners, because as, as you said, they don't give a shit. Like, the NFL owners don't sit in the stands with the fans. They don't care if we all die. As long as you're paid to get in, <laughs> they don't care what happens to you two weeks later. Um, but, like, for, for, for Governor Murphy, like, allowing it to happen or not, that, that's what has me so, so curious about it. Because that exponential increase, I just can't picture it. And even if we go to, like, 50% capacity, so let's just call it 45,000 people. At MedLife, how how contactless are we going to get? You know, like, are we going to have to sacrifice security measures? Like, you know, usually have somebody there, and you know, they usually have like gloves on and all that. But still, if you have a handful of security people, you know, poking through people's bags and scanning people's tickets, like like that's a, that's a lot of contact for for the security people to to have to have to handle it. And and then it just becomes a question of of how how actually this is a good question. I'm going to ask you how few people do you think need like what's the minimum number of people that would need to go to a football game and uh in order for the team to break even on allowing people to go into football games does that make sense uh I like you have to like pay so. you have to pay the security you have to pay the ticket uh -huh. takers you have to if there's going to be people there you have, to, you have to pay the um the employees who are working the uh concessions you know the pay to keep literal actual lights on but if you don't have fans you don't have to do any of that so how many fan what's the what's the smallest number of fans you think metlife would need to have in order for them to break even on being open i want to say it's going to be something like ten thousand fans that's still fine that's the exact number i was thinking too i at first i was thinking like twenty five thousand, and then i was like there's not that many people at Dolphins games now, and they're still making money. So, I, yeah. So, I feel like it's a lot lower than you would think. Um, just because, I mean, you don't need that many people working. You know, like, I guarantee they're going to shut down the number of, you know, a large number of concession stands. I feel like they're really just going to streamline a lot of this. And, you know, security uh, is one thing I feel like they could easily find ways to pay for that outside of you know the realms of private security that they usually have i feel like having you know like state police or whatever involved is an easy solution because they already do that to some degree already i feel like the costs are going to be pretty low i again i just don't know what to make of it because we have this we have such a push from owners at least in the um from from what i can tell to have the ability to let fans into the the ballpark that i'd have to imagine maybe the number is just lower than we're thinking you know like right. all, right, all right let's assume that your average service worker is getting probably minimum wage that sounds like a fair assumption yeah Everyone in 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 the joints making the minimum wage, and then all right. So then, what's the cheapest ticket at MetLife? Sixty bucks. Fair assumption, right? Before all the fees, which you know the fees are probably going to Ticketmaster or whatever. So I'm sure I'm sure some portion of it's going to the team, but we'll just we'll just call it sixty bucks. So we call minimum wage right now in the U.S. or right now in, in uh, New Jersey, it's uh, eleven an hour 
So you're going to get five hours of minimum wage labor out of uh, out of your service people. So, oh man, I I really don't know. It's puzzling. I, you know what the owners should do? They should open their books so we can find out. Oh my god, what I would do to be able to look inside the books of an NFL franchise, any franchise. Well, so that's actually one of the things interesting because the Atlanta Braves are open are owned by a corporation. They're owned by Liberty something something something. And so because they're a publicly traded company, their financials are actually open, including the financials of uh, the Brave, uh, Sun, SunTrust Ballpark, which is where the, the Braves play. And it's a mixed bag from what I've heard. I don't, I'm not good enough uh, at accounting shit to like really get into the nitty gritty of it. Um, apparently they claim like $45 million a year in depreciation on the stadium, which is bananas. Laughable. Yeah, in order to because technically, so technically the Braves lost money last year, uh, but large parts of it come from, from again, I'm only taking it from what I hear from other people because I, uh, I, I have a business degree, but goddamn it, I really fucking hate accounting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and a lot of it's like you know, dodgy accounting shit. <laughs> so, forty five million dollars of depreciation is that a lot? Yes, sir. Certainly sounds like it. Especially when you can tell everybody how valuable your stadium is, and then just build the depreciate the depreciation into that. Um, it's kind of like how art is just used for laundering money, but that's a whole <laughs> wild separate conversation. Uh, uh, the, you know what? That, that's one of the things that like is really pissing me off about this whole owners refusing to pay the players thing because they're acting like, oh, what was me owning a team is such a financial burden. It's uh, it only cost me two hundred million and is now worth. how will I financially recover from this? And it's like, if this is too much for you to bear, sell the fucking team. (laughs) Like, you know, if if you're really worried about how this season is going to impact you going forward, put the team up for auction, bitch. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't don't have to own the team. You don't have to do it. Sell it and make enough money so that you, your kids, your grandkids, and your great-grandkids never have to work a day in their lives. Like, you could sell, like, I don't know who, Bob Nutting for the Pirates could probably sell the team well over a billion dollars right now. He's probably going to make money on that because he claims he loses money every year owning the Pirates, whatever it may be. It's just, it drives me nuts. That's the thing, it's... It's such it's such bullshit because they they say, oh, we lose money every year. It's not a net profitable industry, and yet you don't get out. Why? Why would you? So why? Or I have two things to say. Why would you suffer the losses every year? You're either going to do it for one of two reasons. You're either going to do it because one, you're absolutely lying. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which is which is far and away the most likely reason. Or number two, because you really genuinely love the game of baseball and you'll eat the losses. And if that was true, if number two was true and you're doing this because you genuinely love baseball and you'd eat the losses, then you'd pay the fucking players to play the fucking game and you're refusing to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just It's just such a front. It's just such a lie. I would love mutiny at this point where just the players take over and have a shared ownership over the MLB franchises they play for. 
I, I, I'd be thrilled. Full communism in MLB. I'm all for it. I, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even mind. I would, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even care. Honestly, like with with the quality of of, of dudes that I I hear coming out of, of the MLB, um, you know your your stand up guy who's like like Max Scherzer, who's I know an intense dude on the field, but seems like a very uh, passionate guy and sincere with his belief of uh, of what's right for the game. I would take that shit every fucking day. Absolutely, and like Jonathan Papelbon's gone, so yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> We're good. Net rating for uh, MLB players way up. Absolutely. So, just to I know, I know we've been a little bit all over the place, but this has been kind of an all over the place issue um, as it touches a lot of things. One of the things that just to continue with the all over the placeness of this, as I was going to go in a different direction, I've now changed my mind. One of the things that has made this more interesting is one of the things that I referenced earlier that uh, now a lot of players are and staff are getting sick down in Florida. Because Florida doesn't, Florida's like, yo, we got crocodiles and COVID nineteen. What's up? Like they don't give a shit. <laughs> and uh, like eight members of the Phillies got sick. I think four members of the Yankees got sick. Um, a bunch of the Blue Jays got sick. And then it's just also affecting other sports. Like the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting sick. The Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Lightning are getting sick. Austin Matthews of of the Toronto Blue Jays got sick. And I'm, in Florida, I don't even know why he was there. Um. Yeah. Like I know a bunch of college teams are getting very sick. Yeah, it, it it's it's become a whole thing, and it actually uh, because the MLB Players Association uh, main group of eight who votes on these matters, they were supposed to vote today about the most recent proposal sent over by the MLB, which was like, "We'll give you sixty games prorated, but you're not allowed to file a grievance against us. We're really sorry." Uh, <laughs> and they said, "Nope." Um, but they had a pause because, like, they're getting all this information now about all of these players getting sick, and that's the kind of the other thing about this that makes it kind of a weird issue to discuss because it's not just the financials; it's the logistics, and it's how crazy tough this is going to be. Because you have think about how isolated a spring training facility probably actually is. Um, now I'm not talking about when games are happening. I'm talking about like just when the players first go down, you know, like the week after after uh, full full player reports, or like two weeks after pitchers and catchers, you know, like who who's there, you know? Mm-hmm. It's players, it's some stadium staff, it's the coaching staff, and like who, who else is there? Probably not a lot of people, you know. It, and like they're in Tampa Bay. It's not like they're in like Miami. You know, it's not like they're going out every night, getting wild. Like, no, like it's Tampa. Like yeah. they're probably just like Tampa, hanging out. Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg. There's enough going on there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like downplay it too, too much, but it's not like like they're hitting like crazy, like you know the 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 massive club scene of Miami. Like, like they're, right. and it's spring training. Like, like uh, you'd hope that the guys are taking it seriously, <laughs> but like they're already getting sick now with. The health precautions, to whatever extent Florida feels like in, in, enforcing them, um, in effect, and with players certainly being more cognizant of, of what's happening, they're still getting sick. So it really begs the question, how are they going to do it? With baseball, which is such a, a, it's a small rosters, not a lot of contact, you know, pretty, pretty minimal physical proximity barring a few situations 
and they're all they're still getting sick. It really, I didn't think football was going to get touched. I really genuinely thought, even by the end of April, I thought football was like a, a shoe in. But the more I think about it, the more to go or shoe in to get shut down. No, to go to 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 still be live. I thought like ah, you know, they, they probably won't do OTAs, and they'll probably, you know, they might like cut a a, a um, preseason game or some shit. But September, nah, we'll be back. And I don't know, man. Ninety-three man initial rosters, fifty-three man final rosters, the colossal coaching staff, all the the ins and outs and what have you, all the different position player coaches. Like, I I really don't know, man. Spring training, eight people got sick. You're and, not going to leave your team in that. Yeah, and it's like baseball is probably the least contact of all of these sports that are being affected. Exactly. I don't it? It's rough, man. It's rough. Like imagine. So look, let, let's take the Cowboys. Imagine you're Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, uh, before he finds out he has coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Think about all the people who at a practice who are going to touch Ezekiel Elliott. He and let's just just the players. Not even all the ass slapping and high fives and whatever. Like Dak Prescott's gonna have to hand the ball off to Zeke. That's contact. Zeke's gonna get hit by somebody, whether it's you know um uh, uh, a linebacker, a safety, whomever He's probably going to get hit by like two or three dudes because he's a good running back, you know? Like he might even put his hand on the back of uh, one of the old linemen in front of him or some goofy shit like that, you know? And he he might give like a high five to to one of his nearby wide receivers after the after the play's done if it's a good run. Like this type of that 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 alone in in a very normal but although a little bit broy situation I lay down. That's like five dudes right there. And the whole th- point about virus spreading is that it's exponential in its increase. And like you can't just hope it goes away or that it, it reduces if if it's still spreading at such a at such a pace. I I don't know, man. I'm I'm getting less hopeful by the moment. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think this is going to end up coming back and really really biting them in the ass. And ends up just getting to the point where they have they have all the plans in motion to set this up and have a season, and then when it gets down, there's nothing they can do to avoid it, and they just have to shut down. Yeah. So, so I had, I had said at, at uh, the top of the show that three months ago I, I really wouldn't have predicted any of this, and uh, look, give me what you think. The, the future is going to look like three months from today, September 21st, the, the first day of fall. What, what do you think the sports community, you know, we'll, we'll leave the, the political climate and who's enforcing what and, and all that matters to the side. What do you think sports, what, what's going to be on? What's still going to be shut down? Tell me what, what, what it's going to look like for you. Uh, I think restaurants, I think we're going to be nearly fully open with the masks still being, you know, and social distancing still to some degrees of effect. I think you're still going to have to wear it all in public, social distance as best they can. But I think for the most part, all businesses are going to be open. I think sports are going to be at that point where it's either going to be full-fledged, you know, 
rolling out like nothing, not nothing, but, you know, the best they can, or it's just going to be so many people are getting sick during these close encounter practices and all this contact that they're just shut down altogether. All right. I think that's that, that's fair. I'm going to go into more detail, and then I'm going to let you follow up because I'm sure you're going to have more to say. I'm going to say baseball will be played in whatever your version of the worst way possible is, um, whether that's like five games and then straight to the playoffs or whether it's like 50 games with really wacky rules, like runners on second forever. Pick or, pick whatever your worst nightmare of baseball is, and it's going to be that. Um, I think football will be delayed and pro- might have week one be around now if they can find a best practice. But I, uh, I, I think we might see reduced rosters for football as a result for the season with special injury rules just to cut down on the number of players that are going to have to deal with uh, some contact. And I think there'll be, I think there'll be actually, I'm going to make this rule for universal for all, all the sports. Um, there will be like no fans, but there will be fans of the game where like <laughs> sport teams will be able to have like five or six people come <laughs> and they just like have them sit somewhere and like cheer a little bit. Yeah, that's going to be it. I think it's going to be really low key. No, nah, maybe. Nah, I'm going to stick with that. They're going to have like five fans. That's that's going to be it. Uh, I think the NBA will do what it said it's going to do. The NBA is really well run. <laughs> so whatever the NBA said it was going to do, I'm, I think they'll do it. And uh, I think the NHL will be the most normal looking in whatever its conclusion looks like. Um, yeah, I, I think whatever they come to as their go forward, I think will probably be the most normal looking. Um, but again, I don't picture any of these teams or any of these leagues having more than more than 10% capacity. I don't think they, 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 they sniff 10% capacity uh, in any of their stadiums. Which would be nice. Um, the, well, only, yeah, the only like real thing I would disagree with is I think the rosters are going to end up being bigger just because there's going to be so many guys that are going to be getting sick that you know that's completely unavoidable they're going to need the bodies on the team to fill out the roster it's tough because part of me wants to say well there should be fewer part of me wants to say the thing i said previously which is there will be fewer players because the fewer people you have the fewer people you have to get infected and or spread the virus on the other hand though you have what you said maybe there'll be more of a reserve system um kind of like what the the national guard is to the army uh football just larger practice squads you know yeah baseball keeping 25 man rosters but increasing from you know 40 man rosters to like 50 maybe i don't know these are just arbitrary numbers yeah, something something along those, you know, because you'll have a lot of fields available to you scattered throughout, re- throughout regions because, it, you know, there's football fields around. Like, I'm sure some colleges, ah, oh, college football's going to overlap there. I didn't think about that. But regardless, I, I 
I think you'll be able to find some means of, of separating out like it's if instead of having just the like you said one practice squad you had like two practice squads and that included some of the guys who would have been on the full 53 man but you're just kind of trying to keep everybody a little bit more separated to help make isolating that environment a little bit easier to reduce the number of variables uh it's 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 tough um these are uh these are unprecedented times score one okay yeah i really hate that um I just don't know how they're going to handle it. And football has been the weirdest because they've been very head in sand about all this in my eyes. Like, they haven't really said anything about their plan, have they? No, not really. I mean, they've basically said, hey, we're going to have our thing. But, I mean, I don't think there's been any dates announced yet. I just I I don't know what their plan is whatsoever. I I it, yeah I mean I guess I'm sure the conversations are happening and I'm sure that they're just happening at, uh, happening behind closed doors as one would expect from a professionally run league like uh, everyone but the MLB. Uh, but, but it is kind of odd that. Not spring training. I keep wanting to say spring training. Uh, preseason games would be starting in a month and a half, and I would going to assume they're not. But based on ML, uh, NFL's communications, I would just. It seems like business as usual. The rumors I've heard is that they're going to cut down to like two preseason games. Um. But again, I just I don't know how that ends up fitting into the final schedule, the final precautions that they're going to end up taking. I just I don't know. That's what this entire episode is going to end up being. We have no idea, and we're just at this point guessing. And and hoping that the people in power are having an easier time figuring out all of these things than we are. But again, I just. With all the factors at play, it really makes it like when I go to the grocery store, which, you know, you have to do, you have to go to the grocery store, even if you you get some shit delivered with how backed up the delivery services are, you'd never eat or you eat once every like six weeks. Um, <laughs> and when you when you go to the grocery store, like you're encountering an unfathomable number of variables. By no fault of the grocery stores, you know, they can't clean everything every second. But, you know, if you go, I usually go at like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. How many people have been in the store before you? How many people, how many of those people were wearing gloves? Probably not a lot. How many people touched something and then put it back? Probably a lot. You know, how many, how many fingers have touched uh, the, the, you know, the uh, carts, I don't know, I, you know, you, you, I wipe them down because they got the wipes there, but like, how effective is it? You know, I hope it's a lot. I, I try not to touch my face or my phone while I'm there and then wash my hands right when I get back. But like, just a, the simple act of going to the grocery store has thousands of variables behind it. Right. And while you can't consider all of them when you're doing what the NFL and the MLB and the NBA and everything has to, everyone has to do because it's it's just too much. That's the level of uncertainty that uh, I have to imagine that they're trying to calculate with this because 
every every transaction, every choice, every place you go has that. You know, even even when I go for like a walk in, in the park by my house, like how close is too close? The woman running, running past me, like it, how heavy she's breathing. Is that going to affect? I wear my mask, but like how how heavy her breathing? Like is that going to affect how? That's going to affect how far her breath goes. Like, what if she's is sick? Like, it's it's a lot of way more variables than they've ever had to deal with, and it's serious. It's not like the drag on the ball leading to bigger, longer home runs, which is like concerning if you're a pitcher with a high ERA. But like, the fans enjoy it, so who really cares? No, this is people's lives. This is by far the heaviest weighted decision that these leagues will have ever had to had to make. And it's a shame because I have very, very little confidence in them getting it right. Oh, almost negative confidence. Uh, how many? You know what's fucked up? I was gonna I was gonna ask you how many MLB players do you think get sick before the season end uh, starts? Or uh, sorry, at, at, by the end of the season. Uh, and there's already a disappointing number of players who've gotten sick before the season even started, before uh, spring training even started. Of course. So, uh, oh my god, eight Phillies got sick, and spring there isn't even an agreement on the table yet. Mm-hmm. That's just, I it's mind blowing. Eight people, five players got sick. Five players got sick, and there's not even they don't even know when actual spring training might start. Oh man, it's yeah, it's not good. I'm scared. I'm really, I really think I'm not going to watch sports in 2020. Not not one of the four major sports. I have hopes. My highest hope right now is the NBA and the NHL. Uh, but I I'm really concerned. You know, I'm confident that we're gonna have basketball. I'm not confident that we're going to have baseball. I'm not confident we're going to have football. And then hockey, I've heard so little about that I just don't even have an opinion. Uh, yeah, it's been quiet from them too. I'm assuming, again, mostly closed-door kind of thing. You know, I, uh, one more thing, just because I'm thinking about it. Um, if no sports end up being played, the owners get such a break because it'll hide how because if no sports end up getting played, it's just because they just couldn't figure out the logistics. Mm-hmm. You know, people got sick. They just couldn't figure it out. They called it quits, whatever, pushed it all back to, comically far, well beyond when a theoretical MLB season might've gone. It doesn't matter. And if that does happen, the owners can just like, you know, wash their hands and be like, well, this didn't matter. See you guys spring training next year. The The fact that we fucking bungled these negotiations at the end of the day doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Right? Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And that's just, I don't want them to be off the hook. That's the right. last thing I want. Yeah, because if one, if one sport gets played, the NBA, if the NBA finishes out its season, the MLB looks bad. If, if if one sport can 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 figure it out and play the remainder of a season, then no. the MLB looks bad. Yeah, I don't know. 
I just, I really don't even know anymore. There's just so much fog over this entire situation. You, I just don't know anything. <sighs> this is just not something I ever considered as a fan. Of course not. I, like, I get, I get a little sad every, every night that it had that has good weather because i keep thinking i think to myself like damn i should be watching baseball <laughs> like every night that it's not raining i think to myself damn uh, i should be watching like masahiro tanaka pitch or watch joey Votto walk or some shit you know it's i it's a, it's been bizarre i just because i I feel like I stopped watching on my own volition, and I didn't. It's just, it's been so batshit crazy that it doesn't even feel like we're missing it anymore. Like, it just seems like it's that far outside of reality that it doesn't even feel weird that there's no baseball because nothing about this feels normal. That that was definitely the case for me for, like, the first two months. Because like so much of my life was on pause, but like now that I'm I'm starting to see a few people here and there, and I, um, I'm just trying. I'm like now like I'm in a rhythm, you know. Now I've got kind of my my quarantine routine down. Now I'm starting to feel. Now I'm starting to really feel the absence of it, right? Uh, especially, and I, I'm sure you can sympathize with this as well. Especially my Twitter feed. Which I follow like mostly sport accounts and and sport meme accounts and uh, sport podcast accounts. Shouting out sports trebuchet and run pod option. Love you guys. Um, but like most of it's most of it's politics now because ever that that's the news. That's all there is to discuss. Um, unless a negotiation point happens in baseball, and then I see a bunch of tweets about that. But it's like it's like baseball has been or. Sp- Again, more generally, sports have been like removed from my life. It's so weird. You know, I've seen a bunch of like college football players tweeting about uh, uh, their racist head coaches. And while that's awesome that like, you know, they're speaking up, it's just so strange to see all of these like sport um, uh, profile pictures, like these athlete profile pictures, just not even, and, and, and they're not be the, the sport that they play. Like they're not on a field and right. not sending weird emoji filled God praising messages that really don't make any sense, but they think does. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's really, it's, I, I, I do not like it. <laughs> I do not care for it. <laughs> One bit. I do not like it. Same. I am. I do not like sportsless summers. Yeah. I don't have a good rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I had. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. Um, any, uh, any final thoughts on this stuff? I don't. I don't. I, 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 like I said, we kind of went all over the place with it, but again, this feels like kind of an all over the place conversation topic. Mm-hmm. It covers it, it. It's it's all encompassing for a lot of reasons. So I know I don't feel okay about it. What about you? No, I made my peace with it. Just how confused it all is. Just, just, just for emphasis, I, I, I got fooled by uh, the the fake Jeff Passon Twitter account. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it's it's exactly how it sounds. It, it, it's at Jet Passen with the lower KTs that look like Fs, who tweeted that the, uh, it was like a week or two ago, I tweeted that the owners and the players came to agreement and opening day would be uh, uh, somewhere around July 4th. And when I, when I tell you, I literally screamed and ran to my girlfriend to tell her, Dan, you're jumping up and down that they came to an agreement and that baseball will be played this year before I realized it was a fake account. Like, that was my actual genuine reaction because I lost so much hope. I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I'm trying not to get hurt again, but God damn it, I know I will. Just, just read. Just double check before you get your hopes up. Make sure that that Twitter account has that blue check mark, man. Oh, oh God. All right, then, uh, then shall we? Shall we depart? Let's do it. All right. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via Gmail or email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. Remember, Thursday is the movie episode we'll be talking about in Bruges and time crimes. So make sure you got those movies on deck before you check out the the show, unless you're willing to participate in a program that you've never (laughs) about things you've never seen and get the shit spoiled for you. Uh, So until Thursday, y'all have a good one.